Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. This episode is brought to you by the GSD Academy. This step-by-step business productivity online program will share with you exactly how to shift your mindset, set boundaries, build rock-solid processes, customize your message in order to strategically grow your revenues and get shit done. Visit AngelaProfit.com slash GSD Academy. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. I am so excited to talk to our guest today, and you are in for a real treat because if you're anything like me, and I, I know you are because you guys tell me, um, we all think that we are sitting around with ADHD because we feel like we have to be doing 10 things at once, or we can't focus, or we can't finish one thing. And I know every single day of my life, if I actually stop and think about it, that I have these, these creative times blocked down on my calendar. And if I don't know exactly what the finish point and the starting or the starting point and the end point is, and it's not time blocked on my calendar, I find myself doing things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even finish making a salad. I got to change a light bulb. My dog's peeing on the puppy pad. I've got to go change the pad. It's like, I can't even finish making a salad because there's so many other things around me that I feel like I need to do in that time block that is like supposed to be my lunchtime. So we're going to talk to an expert today about just those little daily things. Like, do we really have ADHD or... Is it just something that we're, we're falling back on? So Diane, I am so excited. Welcome to the show today. Just based on that introduction, Angela, they, I, let's just say this. I strongly suspect you may be one of the family. <laughs> I, I am. I so I'm like, I, I've, but, but I know it. And I mean, I've clinically been diagnosed with it and, and a lot oh, of okay. entrepreneurs have I don't take medicine for it because I'm very aware of it and so that's where like calendar blocking and Mm -hmm. and also um really leaning on my team members to help me get shit done and to GSD meaning like even today I'm like okay I know we need to write one campaign for 12 months for a client And I know that I probably would get sidetracked if I didn't have the accountability of my team member there building out the workflow in HubSpot while we were talking it through. But it's Mm -hmm. like, I know that about myself now. And so instead of me blocking it out and being alone doing it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it with a team member because she's really type A. She's not ADD. She's not ADHD. And she will make sure the shit gets done. And so it's, you know, talking about like techniques and things like that of like how you can really work 
with it and not against it. So, but before we jump in and talk about this, and and again, I love talking about this because I feel like so many of us have this. Um, I'd love to know more about your journey, and I want our listeners to know more about your background, where you came from, like how have you gotten to where you are today? Because y'all, she helps so many entrepreneurs with ADHD and use it more of like a superpower rather than like a disability which is really what it can be if you allow it to be. But I want them to know what, what's your background first. I'd love to share that with you, Angela. So I was born in uh, Hollywood, as a matter of fact, um, which is kind of cool because many years later, I married my husband who's from a little village in Germany. And one of his aspirations in life was to grow up and meet and marry a California girl. And it doesn't get any better than born in Hollywood, but there's more to the story than that. Um, As I said, I was born in Southern California. I've lived all over Los Angeles throughout my life. And just two, almost two years ago, we relocated to Portland, Oregon on four weeks notice. We know no one here. And thanks to the pandemic slash quarantine, we still don't. But in between, (laughs) in between, I was adopted at birth and uh, grew up in a family in a nice neighborhood, but a very dysfunctional family. And it's something I mentioned because a lot of people with ADHD have a trauma background. It's one of the reasons why it's not picked up in many people, because when you have a trauma background, you usually have other things going on, like anxiety, depression, sometimes Mm -hmm. addictions, eating disorders and things. So a lot of those things can confuse the actual symptoms of ADHD. So that's important because a lot of people have a delayed diagnosis and I was certainly one of them. But I always had a lot of energy, a lot of ideas, a lot of creativity, and very little understanding of what my actual bandwidth was. So if I thought something was exciting, interesting, fascinating, I was curious about it, I was all in, no reservation. And that trait is so common to people with ADHD. It is what makes us good entrepreneurs. But I sold more Girl Scout cookies than the rest of the troop put together. <laughs> I love it. That, that's another uh, idea. But so I grew up in Southern California. I have actually been married three times. And okay. I'll tell you later why, why that can also point to ADHD. Mm-hmm. I've had four careers and I like change. I mm-hmm. like change a lot. In fact, almost all serial entrepreneurs are ADHD. In fact, probably 60 to 70 percent of all entrepreneurs at least have ADHD traits. But mm-hmm. in my generation, girls were not identified, women were not identified. And I went to grad school at UCLA, I had my undergrad in communications at UCLA, thought I was going to go into broadcasting. I'll let a guidance counselor talk me out of it. Folks, don't ever let anyone talk Aww. you out of it. When you know who you are and you know what you want to do, don't ask for permission, just do it. Yeah. Because nobody knows you the way you know you. But I went in a different direction. I had a career in medical sales. And then I had an early midlife crisis, went back to UCLA for a master's in social work. I was a psychotherapist for 20 years. I worked with a lot of kids with ADHD. And as a matter of fact, when that was happening, it was just little boys who couldn't sit still that Mm -hmm. were being identified with ADHD. And unfortunately, Angela, most people still think that's what ADHD looks like. Mm-hmm. But many, many years later, the fastest growing group of people being identified with ADHD are adult women over 40, believe it or not. Wow. So, yeah. Damn and 
Well, what you might also may or may not know is that ADHD is a genetically transmitted. So I have three kids from two marriages and they all have it. Thanks, mom. Um, but but only, only my oldest son was identified in childhood. My second son found his way into some addictive behaviors and never got around to getting diagnosed. But my daughter, she didn't get diagnosed until she was in college. And this is really it's the gender bias in the way the understanding of how ADHD looks Mm -hmm. and who has it that results in a lot of women never knowing in fact if you're female and think you are you probably are Mm -hmm. but you'll be you'll be the last to know like everyone around you is like she's so ADD and you're like (laughs) am I or aren't I and nowadays it's like it's just such a common expression that people refer to things like Oh, I'm, I'm having an ADD moment or my ADD is acting up. It's like, first of all, it's ADHD. Even if you don't have the H that's the legal definition, but ADD is quicker. And I like quick, Um, but you don't, you don't have it sometimes and not have it other times. It's not caused by technology. It's not caused by bad parenting. It's not caused by sugar um, or bad diet or sitting on your butt too much. It's genetic. And I think it can be both a blessing or a curse, but Mm self-awareness, self-awareness is number one. And you are a perfect example of somebody (laughs) who knows who they are and how they are and what kind of help you need so that you don't strain yourself and end up getting in the way of your own brilliance. Mm -hmm. So I see it, um, you know, as a superpower and But I also know that when I'm with my people, and when I say my people, I mean people that are also like me. Mm -hmm. And then if I have someone around me that is super focused and super type A, and even if I don't know that person, like I can always read a crowd and pick it up real quick because I can have 10 conversations with 10 different people standing in the same exact place for an hour. And like, and I know exactly what I'm talking about and other people like that would just flat out stress them out. They're like, can you just talk about one thing to one person? Has that ever come across your mind? And I'm like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's, that's so inefficient. Why would I want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's inefficient. I'm like, I want to talk to everybody. But I know that there's so many challenges. So for anybody that's listening, and first off, like, how do you even know, like, outside of like going to your doctor, you know, or going to see a psychotherapist, like, how would someone identify and know, like, okay, maybe I have ADHD, you know, if I'm a business owner, like, what are my challenges? Like, what are some of the signs that I would look for? That's a great question, Angela. Um, I think, well, first of all, if you think you have ADHD, and and that's even a controversy, there's so much controversy around this, and I don't even like to call it a disorder. Technically, it is a disorder. It has terrible uh, branding, because if you think Mm -hmm. about it, the words deficit and disorder are in the title. Hello. It's really hard to get people to understand you can leverage this as your unfair advantage or Mm -hmm. your superpowers, do say, but it can also be the source of your greatest heartbreaks. Now, how that's so paradoxical. How do you expect anyone to understand it, including the people who have it? Like some people say, I have ADHD. Some people say, I am ADHD. And then we get into all this nonsense controversy. Here's how you know. 
if you are physically hyperactive and half of us have that trait and half of us don't, it will be very difficult for you to wait your turn, stand in line, listen to people without shifting your weight from one foot to the other if they're kind of slow to get to the point. Um, if you, you're gonna think faster, be ready to act faster, you hate meetings, the world just seems to be on slow-mo and you are ready to go, go, go. And you've always been that way. That's a whole constellation of attributes that's very suggestive. Another one is that um, you, you learn by doing. A lot of people with ADHD, they don't really want to read the manual, go to the class. Uh, I don't ever read instructions when I get something that needs to be put together. I just wing it because <laughs> when, if I read, I call the instructions destructions because they confuse me. Why? Because they're written. Here's, here's the good news, bad news. Public schools, churches, corporations, laws, the things that other people take for granted, Angela, and they think, well, that, that's just the way it is. The things that really cause us to chafe at the bit and question and sometimes rebel against and, and because it just sometimes seems so inefficient, so asinine, so random, so arbitrary. The world was made by and for neurotypicals. And if you're not familiar with that word, it basically refers to 90% of people who do not have a neurodivergent brain like you and I have. About 10% of people have ADHD, autism spectrum disorder, um, dyslexia, dyspraxia, some of these different ways of being and thinking, but nearly all entrepreneurs, visionaries, inventors, creatives, and people who actually move humanity forward by changing things up we have different brains. It's just that other people don't understand us. So if you're used to being misunderstood, if you're used to drifting off in the middle of a conversation, even one you're interested in, even one you started because something else caught your attention, caught your imagination, or you just started thinking about the thoughts you were thinking about what the other person was saying, you lost your place in the conversation. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a gap and you're like, wait, what did you just say? memory problems, forgetfulness, losing things, misplacing things, having difficulty sequencing things, putting things in the right order, organizing your thoughts. But I'd say the classic, the absolute classic, and, and this is one of the things that people who decide to work with me almost always say on first meeting, I'm tired of having so many brilliant ideas and never making any of them get to the finish line. So we're great at starting, yep. shitty at finishing. <laughs> Guilty. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. And, and, and as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, it's You're so going, funny. Check, 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 right? <laughs> but, it, but it's been me since I've, I've even been a child. You know, like um, my mom said that I always um, got in trouble for talking, but usually it was because I was trying to talk it through with someone mm -hmm. because yes. I learned by doing yes. this is why you guys I love video I like video I mean as soon as YouTube came out like I'm a YouTube kid I'm always like how to I watch a video on how to do everything and I want to do it myself and learn how to do it with my hands yes. and yep. that's what I that's when I would make good grades and I was very successful but I never really could read a book 
from beginning to end. And I would pretend, but I wouldn't retain. And then I wouldn't mm. understand. Mm -hmm. So this is why Audible has been great. This is again, why I love video. And, but, but I guess at, at a very early age, even before I could talk, my mom said I would line everything up in a line. So I'm super OCD that mm -hmm. I even do as an adult. So if we're like, you know, we have all these trucks and we have three hours to like build these mini teams to like build these amazing events or these weddings. And it's like everything. I like to get everything out of the boxes and everything out of the tubs. And my whole team knows I like everything in a line. I like everything lined up and I'm like, don't touch my line. And I'm still like that, like as an adult, because it's the only way that my brain knows how to actually organize something and then like get it done really quickly. Like if we only have a certain amount of time to like set up an event and then take it down. I mean, y'all, we're building houses and taking them down in 24 hours. Sometimes it's crazy, but it's like, there's only a certain type of person that can like take some of that. Because if you stop and think, oh my God, like this is very stressful, like all of these things, but like, I never look at it that way because my brain knows how to process things like in an OCD manner and in a line but that's also how I've gotten around being ADHD from the losing the things. And the number one things is the keys, the fucking car keys. Oh yeah. And it's like, if you just like, there's a few things now that we have learned and I have um, tried to also like teach my sister's kids that it's like when they know they come into my home, they take their shoes off at the door. We eat at the kitchen bar. We don't eat in, in the bedroom. I mean, there's just certain rules that I've set in, in place for myself that when I walk in the door, I hang my keys on the freaking keyhole thing. Like that's what the keyhole thing is for. And if I can just create repetition where everything has a space and that's where my OCD comes in everything has a space, then I know where everything is. So I don't have to spend stress and like arguing with myself. Why can't I just put my keys in one freaking place? We also got those uh, square reader things, I think is what they're called. Mm -hmm, we have an app mm -hmm. on our phone. So things that, that I most often misplace <laughs> still being my keys. Um, even though I have the keyhole thing, cause I don't follow my own process. Sometimes I have that on my phone and I even set my phone down and I, I have my earbuds in. And I'm like, where the fuck did I put my phone? And so I'll, I'll, I'll have to tell my mom, I'm, I'm, mom, I have to hang up because I have to say, Hey Siri, Hey Siri, Hey Siri. Right. And Siri's like, what I'm here. What? And that's how I have to find my phone. And it's like, I'll set my phone down, you know, in the middle of my bed. And then there's like laundry over it. But, you know, so I've learned to get around these things so that, there's ways that I'm not like constantly being frustrated, but are there things like that that people can do so that they cre can actually create some type of a routine so they don't find themselves being frustrated by like little things like that? Girl, you know, the answer to that question, you're living proof of it. <laughs> Listen, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If anybody's listening and they're like, I, you know what? I think I probably am. And, and I, I think I, or I know I am, or, you know, a lot of people, they know, but seriously, sadly, mental health issues are still mm -hmm. stigmatized. Nobody wants to have a diagnosis on their record. As a matter of fact, I just interviewed a young woman this week on my podcast who was discriminated against getting a job as a police officer because of her ADHD diagnosis and medication. <gasps> when terrible. you, well, it's especially terrible because I know for a fact 
that the majority of firefighters, police officers, military personnel, first responders, emergency room um, personnel, all have ADHD. Really? But yes, but if they're, it's just what we're attracted to. Mm-hmm. We are attracted to fast moving, quick decisions under pressure, no two days alike. You never really know what's going to happen next. It's stop, drop, and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's high energy. It's high intensity. It's high stakes. A lot of people like us are on the floor of the uh, stock exchange. They are skydiving instructors. They're also professional athletes, professional entertainers, um, and entrepreneurs, and a lot of a lot of professionals. But you know, I think that the interesting thing is. And what you've already been bringing up indirectly is that it it's not so important if you have or are, if you prefer ADHD, diagnosed or not. And I'll tell you what you should do if you think you might be and you want to figure it out before you go see a doctor, if you even choose to do that. Mm-hmm. But self-awareness is number one. And number two is self-acceptance. Listen, There are incredibly successful people in all these different walks of life who have ADHD. They don't give it the slightest thought because like Angela and like me, they've created workarounds Mm -hmm. and, and they work in their zone of genius. They know what they're good at. They know what they're not good at. And they have the God given sense to let other people do the things that no matter how hard they try, they're just never going to be good at. You can build a team of people around you to support you in all the areas where you struggle so that all you have to do is shine in the areas you're good at. Now, if you are, unless you have a live-in chef, a live-in maid, a live-in nanny for your kids and, you know, somebody to follow you around and pick up after you and keep track of your shit, you do need to create systems. So what I teach is probably very, very similar to what you teach, Angela, and that is rituals, routines, and rules. Embrace them, love them, let them support you because it isn't worth eating up your mental and emotional bandwidth, searching for shit that is probably right under your nose, but you have <laughs> lost your mind and you can't find it. The emotional overwhelm. I mean, yes, we people know about the distractibility. They know about the hyper activity. They know about the, the creativity. They know about the memory stuff and losing stuff. What we don't often talk about is all of this is very stressful emotionally Mm -hmm. and people with ADHD are often emotionally reactive to the point where some people think we're bipolar or we have a borderline personality disorder or we're on drugs or something because Mm -hmm. we make, we, it's like, if you're, think about it, if your mind is going that fast, you're going to jump from thought to emotion to action in lightning speed. And if you're upset, especially if you're upset at yourself and because it's something you've done so many times and have promised yourself you wouldn't do again, you can get pretty reactive. And a lot of us stay up too late, don't have good habits that the kind you and I teach about getting enough sleep, eating the right kinds of food, Mm -hmm. exercise every day, don't overdo it on any substances. Um, You know, you whether you have the diagnosis or not isn't really the issue is are you willing to create an ADHD friendly business in life or are you going to keep struggling 
with something that could actually be your greatest asset. It's to me, it comes down to that. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, totally. So what, like, what kind of, can you tell us, like, is there one type of mindset issue that, that I know women can, or is there one thing that as women we can do to overcome because most of us, like we are successful, badass women entrepreneurs, but it, it does get exhausting sometimes. And it does get exhausting. Like we're just in our own head, like creating this, this mindset. And, you know, again, I've learned to surround myself with the right people, the right podcasts, the right audible books, mm-hmm. the right YouTubers to make sure, you know, that my brain is constantly staying active and I'm constantly doing things. I'll tell you guys, I had COVID recently and I mean, I was in bed for a solid two weeks and, but I was so sick that I, I was like, all I can do is think about waking up with no fever. That was it. But mm-hmm. my mom, she, every two hours, she would call me and check on me. And she's like, I know that you were just sitting there thinking about your board. Cause I have this board with like all these goals yes. on my little <laughs> board. And she's like, but you have to just think about getting better and getting well. And I'm like, actually, mom, like the older I've gotten, the more I have relied on my team and my team is awesome and they're working every day and they've got it and they don't need me. And if, if God had to make me sick and put me in bed for two weeks, because I got it for my freaking physical therapist, damn her. Awesome. She didn't know she had it either. Yeah. But if I had to, like, this was the best time for me to have it because I, I was, I was, I was actually proud of myself. I'm like, I've actually led a good team. I don't want to be everything to everybody. And this is the exact reason why if you're an entrepreneur and you have to be down and out, now I'd rather be on vacation in Cabo for two weeks rather than laying in bed with COVID. But if that's the case, can your business run without you? And I know that that was the mindset thing for me that I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up. I'm going to sit here and be positive and say, I'm going to get better. My body's going to get better. This fever is going to go away. But all I can do right now is take a cold bath and get back in bed and sleep this shit off till it goes away. And like, Mm -hmm. that was a mindset I had to create for myself and I knew it was okay. But if this shit happened to me 15 years ago, I don't know if I would have lived because I would have laid there and stressed so much about the work that I needed to be doing and the Mm. work that, that was building up on me and the clients. And I would badger myself and never give myself any grace to just sit there and do nothing. And so for women that are listening that maybe aren't as older, when I say older, I mean, eh, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years now, you know, been around the block for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. if if people are in a startup or, you know, if they're new being an entrepreneur, like what mindset, if they think they have ADHD, can they put themselves in so they can actually use it towards a successful person, being a successful person and not listen to the negative energy. This is what I could literally talk about until my lips turn blue for the rest of my <laughs> life and never get tired of I it. Love it. Because I think so many people feel like they're a victim of the brain they've got when they could actually turn it into their greatest resource. So I would say the mindset challenges for women with ADHD are the following. Because they don't know they have it, they have internalized the challenges that we've been talking about as either I'm stupid, I'm lazy, I don't care, I'm broken, 
and that shit will fuck you up as we both know Mm -hmm. then there is internalized shame about the fact that we simply do things differently and we do different things when you're a little kid unless you have very unusual and very wonderful parents doing things differently is not considered a good thing. It is considered a bad thing. It's considered something that needs to be stopped and shut down and you need to get your ass back in line. We're different. We think different. We feel different. We do things differently. So the internalized shame holds many a woman like you and I back. We are reluctant to ask for help because Mm -hmm. we think there's something wrong with the fact that we need it. One of the things that because we have such vast capacity and we have such a magical brain that's endlessly curious and endlessly capable of generating new creative ideas, especially for business, we don't recognize what our actual capacity is. So we are always letting ourselves down. We also impulsively make all kinds of promises and then completely forget we made them. So we have shame about letting others down not being willing to ask other people for help and not even recognizing that we need it is probably one of the biggest things. The fatigue and frustration that comes from having too many ideas and thinking we can actually chase too many rabbits at once. Now, if you have a big team, you can do that. But when you're starting out, absolutely no. But I'd say the stuff that I see the most or what I call the unholy trinity of procrastination, perfectionism, and people-pleasing, meaning we try so hard to do things just right. And because we're able to see things at their ultimate best, we're never really satisfied. So we keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. We need to at some point just ship it because otherwise somebody else is going to do it first and we're going to miss our chance. But procrastinating goes hand in hand with perfectionism because if we have these secret fears that we're not good enough, that any luck we've had is just that luck and not skill, Um, confidence is always on a slippery slope and people pleasing comes from this chronic sense of not being enough, doing the wrong thing, blurting things out, um, you know, looking like a hot mess sometimes, not being able to control our emotions, our temper. So we oftentimes take, let people take advantage of us Uh, in, in business. It might be not setting good boundaries with clients, not charging enough, things like that. So I'd say I see this in almost every woman I work with. Um, But with mindset, as you know, it's learned and what is learned can be unlearned. Mm -hmm. And and that's the, that's the key. It's like, thank God I was surrounded by the right people, but I actually had to seek that out. It's not like God just like, here's some people to help you. It's like, for 10 years. And I thought it was more just like, oh, that's my personality. You know, I'm just carefree, creative personality. That's just how my brain is wired. And I don't care about the number. It's not that I don't care about the numbers. My brain just doesn't really go to the numbers and the analytics and the research. But I have learned over the years, like 10 years in one of my, my first businesses, when I actually hired an accountant and a business manager and they sat me down and they're like, so you have money in the bank, but you know, your last year you you did 200 over 250 events. You, you weren't profitable. Like, 
do you, what are you You're doing? like, do you know my last name? Right? Well, this is possible. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is my ex-husband's last name. And everybody, I, I was so young and everyone knew me as Angel Prophet. So I wasn't going to go back to Angela Young. But, and I wasn't even an entrepreneur back then. I worked in healthcare and I wasn't even thinking about, I, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was because I didn't grow up like that. My parents, you know, just didn't. And even though my family was, it's like they were business owners. They weren't entrepreneurs, which really is That's a key distinction. <laughs> no, it's a key distinction. It, well, it is. It's like, I guess for me, the difference is like, if you own the, own the same thing and you do it, you know, for 40 years and then sell it, okay, you owned a business. But when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, to me, it's like you're involved in many different things and you like to be part of many different initiatives and many different businesses. And mm-hmm. like, there's nothing wrong with that until, and this is what got me when my accountant and business manager said, because I also own a pet product company while I had an event business, I also had the productivity company, which I still have. And then there were other things, the more successful you start becoming in the community, people want a piece of you and they yep. all start to yes, ma'am. hop onto your coattails. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Like I love helping people. I love giving back, but you got to do it to the people that are serious about what their passion is and make sure that there is a clear agenda where it's not just they're there to like use you, which is what some of the people were doing, but it took other people telling me like, Angela, you have to say no to some of these things. Some of these things are going to go nowhere. It's, and it's only so true. And so that's the, that's ah. the people, that's the people pleasing part. I'm t- a lot of people get very upset when I use the term people pleasing, but I just like that it has the alliteration with the procrastination perfectionism, but really what it comes down to is our natural tendency is to be eager about mm-hmm. any new thing. And so I train people to recognize the difference between research and a rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. between an option and an opportunity, you know, because if you do one thing, you're not going to do something else. And I think when we're led by our enthusiasm and our excitement and our, our thirst for new things, we're oftentimes not looking down the road or doing the math and you can't get away with that too many times and still have play left in you. You don't. There's nothing left at the end of the day. There's no energy. So for for women that are listening that don't know that what I just, what you just said is like how do you know when to say no and like when when the option and the opportunity like are there things that you can tell people listening that are like ah that's me but I don't have, like, I have an advisory board now. And so I have other people like, yes, I own multiple businesses, but when opportunities, I think it's an opportunity come away. I'm like, I want to tell you yes right now. And that sounds so amazing, but I have to check with my board and my advisory board. And I also have to look at my vision board. And if it's not with falling within like the quarterly goals of what we're doing with GSD, I'm sorry, but the answer is no. And it just means no right now. (laughs) Yes, yes. And you know what? We are so much in alignment in what we teach. Um, what What I teach my clients is you are wired for the default yes. You have to understand that about yourself. Anytime something's new, shiny, different, novel, it might be shit on a shingle, but you're gonna say yes before you even hear the word coming out of your mouth. 
know that about yourself and adopt this simple habit. (laughs) Whether it's an email, whether it's a text message, whether somebody gets up in your DMs, whether you see something on a webinar or somebody calls you or someone recommends you and says, yeah, she's the girl you got to talk to. My policy is because I know who I am and I know how I am just like you do. My first thing is I always hit the pause button. No matter how excited I am, no matter how good it looks, I know that I'm impulsive and I know that I've been wrong, even though I like to think I'm crazy intuitive, which I also am. But not every intuition is accurate when you mix it with a bad night's sleep and too much on my plate. So I always hit the pause button. And my standard response is, this sounds fascinating. I need to give it a deeper look to see if it's in alignment with what we already have planned. Let me get back to you. And I give them a a time. Then I I immediately schedule it in my calendar where I'm going to get back to them. If I've completely forgotten about it between now and 48 hours from now, when I say I'm going to get back to them, that's an automatic no. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, and it really, it's, it's a skill it's a technique, it's a hack, it's a strategy, but more importantly, it is a mindset issue. I know I'm always going to want to say yes. On the topic of research, uh, I've wasted probably cumulatively decades of my life reading shit that never took me anywhere. So now everything that I, I tag it for later, I tag it for later. I tag it for later. And then at the, I have a schedule just like you. I time block my week. I have theme days, the whole thing. When I get to the time, it's like, now it's my time to go back and look through all the things that I tabbed for later, at least two thirds of them. I don't even remember seeing the first time. Mm -hmm. So out they go. I do the same thing with online shopping. I put it in the cart. I do not click buy. I go back, it's all scheduled out. It's how I've learned how to handle my impulsivity and not waste time, not waste money, not waste my precious energy. Now, other people, this is just like you, as soon as you know how to do anything even reasonably well, there's gonna be somebody who knows less than you that wants to quote unquote, pick your brain. Back in the early days, I used to find that very flattering. Now I know if they're serious, they'll say, I'd like to hire you. If they want free advice, which they will then consider is that they're making progress because they did an information call with somebody, they're not serious. You're wasting their time and yours. Just say no. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are so much alike. <laughs> we totally are. <laughs> but y'all, it's like, I didn't learn all this stuff like on my own. Like I've had people had to teach me, like I've had a mentor that said, Angela, how often, because one day we were together, I was like, oh my God, if one more person asks if they can have coffee and like, I don't drink coffee. I don't even like coffee. I don't like caffeine. Like I don't drink coffee. Um, or can I pick your brain? And he's like, listen, I know they want, they all want to pick your brain, but to ask them, what's your top three questions for me? And most of the time I can say, here's three of my favorite books that I've listened to. One of the mean story brand, 
all about? Because most people, they want to know about content. Like, how mm-hmm. are you everywhere? How can I create content? How Help me with my website. Can you take a look at this? How do I set up this? And I'm like, you know, if you go watch my free YouTube videos or listen to my podcast, there's a lot of free information out there. Mm-hmm. So like, They want that thing right then, right there, because that's what they need right there. But I'm like, if you go read StoryBrand or if you go do this or that, come back to me and let me know the top three takeaways and how that helped you construct your website. And then I'll be happy to do 15 minutes of a Zoom. Um, and, and then how, I'm, I'm, how many have taken you up on that? None. That's what I'm saying. See, like, this is this is brilliant. <laughs> I, I actually, I got so many of these requests to pick my brain. I actually had this fantasy of my my head split open and a bunch of little cocktail toothpicks stuck all over my brain. And people were like, look, oh, which piece do I want to take? I mean, I thought, okay, this I have this has to stop. So I created a, I created a, I know it's, I'm pretty graphic sometimes. I created a pick my it. pick my brain consultation session. Uh-huh. I, ch- I charged a reasonable but serious rate. Yep. And then I said, this is the best way to prepare for our meeting. Yep. And if yep. somebody said, can I pick, can I take you to coffee and pick your brain? Now, here's where we are different, Angela. I <laughs> adore coffee. I adore coffee. It's 3.15 in the afternoon. I'm having my second cup of the day. I have one in the morning and one in the afternoon. But no, you can't pick my brain. You cannot pick my brain. I need the whole thing. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I really do. But you can hire me for an hour and then I will share with you on these three content areas. Nobody ever said yes. And some of them even got insulted. And I thought, well, you've just told me everything I need to know about where I should be spending my time. And that's not with you. Exactly. Thank you. Next. So just, you know, things to think about, but it's taken other people, you know, helping me realize and, and putting a process in place that can help me with my time and then turn around, you know, and help these other people. So anyway, I could talk to you forever, but we're out of time. Can I make a book recommendation? Cause I think if yes. anybody's still on the fence thinking, Oh geez, well, let me yes. make two recommendations. If you are loving this conversation, you're like, how come I don't know about this Diane Winger? She's the bomb. Mm-hmm. You got to listen to my podcast, which is called the driven woman. Yes. And it, it doesn't have ADHD it. in the title, but it's very appropriate. I say it's for like-minded and like-brained women like Angela and myself. It's all about mindset and productivity for busy brains. But there's a book that was just published this last week by the OG in the uh, ADHD community, none other than Dr. Ned Hallowell, who's written probably 20 books. He is a psychiatrist. His expertise is all about ADHD. He has ADHD and dyslexia. He's a Harvard trained physician. This man knows his stuff. The brand new book is called ADHD 2.0, hot off the press. And that would be the place I would suggest people start is you will figure it out if you read this book or listen to the book. And then if you decide, okay, this is me, then you can take things to the next step. Awesome. And we will find that and put it all in the show notes. And we will also link all of Diane's information for coaching. And do you have anything coming up? Like, do you have classes that people can come into at any time of the year? Or do you take on one on one coaching clients? How does that work if someone wants to work directly with you? I appreciate you asking, Angela. I I'm currently taking a hiatus from my group coaching program to work on something bigger, which is my own book, but 
but I am still uh, taking one-on-one clients. I have a couple of people graduating, so I will have two spots opening up in the next few weeks. I work with people on a very focused one-on-one basis for 12 weeks because it's amazing how much you can get done in a single quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I'm doing now. And I can give you a link to sign up for a free consult so we can size each other up and see if we're a fit. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So if you'll send us the link and then Amanda will put it in the show notes. And don't worry if you're driving, you don't have to remember all this stuff. We'll put it all there. We'll put all the links in there. Do you have a favorite platform if people want to connect with you on social? Instagram at Coach Diane Wingert. Awesome. Sounds great. And don't forget, Angela, you're coming on my podcast soon. I'm so excited. I can't wait. So you guys, you'll have to listen and you'll have to share it with everybody because we have a good time together as always. There's always good nuggets in there. So everybody listening, thank you so, so much for your time today. Be sure to go on and connect with Diane and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights. And I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.